0: You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast, and today I am joined by Jin from Crazy Speech World. In this episode, we discuss clinical supervision, work advocacy, and what it was like being a non-traditional graduate student. You're listening to the Speechy Side Up podcast. This podcast will cover the flip side of traditional speech and language therapy, so you get inspired and learn from experts in the field. Here is your host, author, AAC specialist, and matcha tea lover, Vanita Litvak. She and her guests are serving up some informative and fun topics in Speechy Side Up. Hey everybody, welcome to the Speechy Side Up podcast. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment. You can also follow along on Instagram at Speechy Side Up. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Today, I am speaking with a fellow Floridian SLP, Jen Alcorn from Crazy Speech World. Hey, Jen. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on today. I just love how you keep it real but positive on your blog and social media, and I'm really excited to get to learn more about you. So let's paint a picture for our listeners. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are, what you do today,
1: and how you got there? Of course. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part of the show. I've been listening for a while, so I'm excited to be here. Um, I am a school-based SLP in Tallahassee, Florida. Uh, This is my 11th year, and um, I work at the elementary school, and I'm married, and I have a 17-year-old son who's been with me along this entire journey.
0: (laughs) And what's his name? Ian. Oh, that's nice. It's nice that he's been around we're going to talk a little bit more about him and how you did grad school oh, yeah. um, as a mama. So we'll get into that in a little bit. That's awesome. So I know that you're really passionate about literacy-based instruction and themed therapy. Tell me about how you integrate both of those in your daily therapy.
1: Okay. Um, usually I plan everything around a book. So everything that we do um, every week is revolving around that book, no matter what um, we're working on. So usually we'll have a theme that's usually like seasonally based or holiday based. um, And then we'll choose a book to go with that. And I keep saying we, because I have an intern right now. So she's she's helping me do all these things. Usually it's just me, but right now it's we. So that's why I keep (laughs) saying that. Um, But we'll choose a book that has Um, some of those themes with it. And then we use that to plan everything. And I've really found that books are the best way to do mixed groups. um, Because you can target anything. If you are really intentional about the book that you're choosing, you can use it for every single kind of therapy that you have to do that day. And, you know, when you have a really big caseload, and you don't have a ton of time to plan things, um, having a limited amount of materials is important, because you don't want to be switching things out all day. So I think that books solve that problem, um, and just kind of make life easier, if you will.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. So you said that you will plan activities around that book, whichever one you pick for the week. Do you have like a set of activities
1: that you typically do? Um, It kind of depends on the week and what we have available. Um, I buy a lot of book companions and I make my own book companions that are on TPT. Um, So that allows me to have, you know, those little extension activities, but then we'll also try to pull in a hands-on, like a craft, or a sensory bin, um, that kind of thing. And then I try to also do something towards the end where we're wrapping up the book, something that's more fun. Like we just did Love Monster and I bought this huge inflatable monster for the kids to oh, do cool. at the very end of the week. Yeah. And it's like, let's get out of our seat, move around, but it's still, you know, on the theme of the book and it's a little bit more exciting. So I try to switch it up and have, you know, a good variety of activities that are not just sit down and, listen and answer questions but also have the kids moving um and doing things with their hands
0: yeah I love that I like the point that you made too that you don't want to be carrying a bunch of stuff around so by like picking a book of the week you know (laughs) you can really shrink your material bag down and also I like the fact that you do it with like arts and crafts and you got kids up and moving with the love monster book um yeah I don't know if you saw like this I don't know it's like a not a quote that's going around, but like, I guess a quote from research and it says something like, um, when the brain forms new synapses, it takes like 400 repetitions, but when it's done in play, it's like 10 to 20, which is insane when you think about it. So I love that you incorporate play too with that. Wow.
1: Wow. Especially with our kids, because like they have to sit and listen so much in school. So giving them the opportunity to break out of that mold. And I'm not saying those skills aren't important because obviously we're practicing those too, but not just doing those seated activities, but also doing some more, you know, interactive things.
0: Absolutely. And you said that you have some book companions, which book companions
1: do you have? oh my gosh I have a bunch um the ones (laughs) I have one for all of the old lady books I love the bear books by Karma Wilson they're really good I just finished one with the Gruffalo which is a really fun book that I have found that a lot of people don't know about so that's a fun book but I share a lot of them on my Instagram um I love finding new books there's there's so many good ones (laughs) there is the Gruffalo is like an old school book isn't it it is it is but I'm surprised how many people don't know that one and it's an English author um so maybe that's why we don't know about it over here but yeah it's a really good one okay cool
0: yeah they'll have to check that out so I love that you were like you clarified what the we meant because <laughs> without Kim here. I still have trouble with that. I'm like, we, we. <laughs> so, uh-huh. um, you know, you obviously have an intern. So you supervise. She's a grad student. Yes.
1: Okay. She, she is from Valdosta State University.
0: Okay, awesome. So yeah, you, I know you supervise grad students. You, super, you have one. Now you've done it more in the past as well. So what are your tips for both the students and the supervisors.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for supervisors, I think it's really important that you are always keeping an open mind. I The reason I love it so much is because I had a supervisor who's a lovely lady and I don't want to talk bad about her, but I had to do everything her way. And so I felt like there was only one way to do things. And so when I got out into my own, I was like, whoa, you know, it doesn't have to look that way. So I really encourage my students that I don't want you to do things the way that I do them. And I want you to explore all the different things that you've learned and try new things. This is the safest place for you to do that. And so I think it's really important for supervisors to keep that open mind and, always communicating obviously about what's working and what's not, but letting them have a little bit of freedom to test the waters because that's the, the only time that it's really safe for them to do that. Um, and then for students, always tell them they need to be confident because that's what I find is the, the one that they are they're just so nervous all the time. And I remember that feeling in grad school because it's such a hectic. Um, stressful time of their lives, but having some confidence because they do know what they're doing and, um, and asking questions, like always ask if you're not sure this, again, the safest time for you to be able to do that. So that's what I feel like I'm always telling them, ask, just ask. Um, And they get pretty good about it, I think.
0: yeah i love that those are really great tips i like the suggestions that you had for the supervisor like definitely keeping an open mind and communication so i i don't know how i i got roped into doing supervision <laughs> um only my like second year out like second oh year wow my CF, yeah i know i was working in a private practice that was like super busy they were always bringing in like grad students and I was there like full time, like one of the few that Mm -hmm. was there full time. So like, do you want to do this? I was like, sure. That sounds like fun. (laughs) And um, thankfully I shared them with like someone who was a lot more experienced because she was there part time. And so it was a learning process, like not only for myself as a supervisor, but also like for them. And yeah, definitely like your tips. (laughs) When (laughs) I, when I
1: think back, to the first person that I supervised to now, I'm like, Oh man, I hope that you don't hate me (laughs) because I've grown so much in my career and what I know as far as supervising. And then I was just kind of like doing what I thought was right, you know, but it all worked out. We're still friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Okay. So I know I like, love this topic that you brought up which is advocacy and managing big caseloads actually the last person that I interviewed she's really passionate about advocacy Katie from the mind in the mouth so I would love to hear your suggestions for managing these caseloads and being an advocate for yourself in you know the work environment
1: Yeah, um, I think it's something that we all struggle with um, a lot because we're people pleasers and we want to do the right thing. And I think that somehow we've gotten it ingrained in our heads that if we're advocating for ourselves, we're being selfish or something like that. Um, And I think it's kind of sad what SLPs are willing to put up with um, for whatever reason. But, you know, I've been in several situations situations where I've had to advocate for caseload or for salary or whatever. And it's just, it doesn't have to be this um, ugly situation. It's just you demanding respect from the people that you work for. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Because if you look at any other profession, people advocate for themselves and, and they go in and they negotiate those things. And so I think just, you know, having... The confidence, again, to go in and stand up for yourself is really important. And the more that we all are all doing it, the better off we're going to be as a whole. So if, you know, you have somebody on this side that's not willing to do that, and then you have other people that are, we're all kind of, you know, swimming around and not working together as far as that goes. Um, So I just, I'm a big believer in having the conversations the tough conversations with the people that are important so yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> no it's, it's a good point and like something katie brought up yesterday was you know there's there's different types of communicators some are really effective mm-hmm. some are not so effective um she was saying that like when she would start to go to like the union meetings where she lives in california she would observe the union president and like how he communicated things and how he was so effective and getting things done. And one of the things she noticed was that he always brought it back to the students. So whenever they were trying to get something done, it was like, how is this impacting the students? So I think we can get so overwhelmed and like, so caught up in our own like little, you know, problems that are going on. And when we bring it to administration, we're kind of just like, we're drowning and this and that, but really we have to look at it, like how, severely, you know, how is this negatively impacting the students on my caseload? So think about it that way.
1: Yeah, you have to be very objective and numbers always paint a really clear picture about what's happening. And if you just go in and you're like, yes, I, I need help. I'm struggling with this. That's hard for them to understand. But if you go in and you say, all right, I have 95 kids on my caseload. There's only this many hours in a day that I can see kids and And this is the difference that it's making for them and show a lack of progress or show, you know, whatever you need to do. But i numbers are a very effective way to get your point across for sure. That's a really, really good
0: point. Like, you know, showing the progress, you know, Mm -hmm. we didn't talk about that on Katie's episode. So I'm glad you brought that up. Cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, So you call yourself a non-traditional grad student. Explain (laughs) a little bit why
1: you do that. (laughs) Um, I, had my son when I was 19. He was not a plan, obviously. Um, But God God gives us gifts when we don't know that we need them. Um, And so I was in the middle of college when that happened. And I had not I was not in my program yet for speech, but I was in college. And so I had to take some time off and then um, came back to it. And that's when I discovered SLP. And I was like, oh, this is perfect for me. And then I realized they had to go to grad school. And I was like, oh, it's going to be really hard. Um, But luckily enough for me, I had a really good support system. And so, yes, I was scheduling my classes around the times that my son's father could watch him. And then he was in college, too. So we were doing this for each other and um, juggling having this baby that I had to take care of. And um, when I finished my bachelor's, I was like, Oh, this is this is such an accomplishment. Um, But you know, getting into grad school was a whole nother thing. And like we were talking about earlier, I needed to stay in the same place. So I did my undergrad at Florida State, and I needed to stay in Tallahassee because that's um, where my family was, where my son was, I could not move from there. So it was very scary experience applying to grad school and knowing that there was a possibility that I wasn't going to be able to get in and I had to have a backup plan like if I hadn't got into grad school for that then I would have had to choose a different career path Um, but you know luckily it worked out (laughs) Um, and then you know going to grad school is a very stressful time which we all know and um, I mean I had a toddler and everybody knew who he was because he came to the clinic with me, Um, he was given the PLS, um, (laughs) the Goldman, I practiced on him a lot, bless his heart, and, um, but he made me better, I feel like, because I had this really clear picture of what normal, typical development was, Um, and I think not everybody knows that who's not a mom, and um, so I think it kind of, it kind of made me a better clinician at that point, Um, but, it's just it was a wild experience, and I was lucky enough to have a lot of support, especially from the faculty at Florida State. They were so supportive of me and so um, willing to help me out when I got into a pinch because there's things happened where I had a sick kid or I had, you know, to pick him up from daycare or whatever, and always had people working with me. And I feel like that's that's something that's really important for young moms to realize that this it does not have to be you against the world like you have to reach out to your tribe and to those people and they're going to help you and um there's so much support out there and I feel like a lot of young moms or even older moms that are worried about going back to school like you know there's so many opportunities for support and assistance and um I would hate to see somebody be scared to do those things, to follow their dreams because they have children.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> no, but I'm a huge, like, I'm a firm believer in, I mean, I don't have kids yet, but I'm a firm believer in, you know, you were somebody before you had children mm-hmm. and I love Absolutely. that. Like you brought him along for the ride. And I think that's so cool that he was like a part of that process. And I yeah. think you're right. I mean, it's, everything is better learned in context. So you were able right. to look at those norms and, you know, assess <laughs> luckily him. he
1: was a typical developing <laughs> child. That was nice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's so funny. I love it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All okay. right.
0: I have another question for you. Crazy speech world. Where did that name come from?
1: because I feel like I'm a little bit crazy but like the good kind of crazy Um, and so when I was starting my blog it was funny because a group of um, girls and I when we were in grad school that I became very close with we were always like we're SLPs gone wild (laughs) Um, and like not so appropriate right but it was funny and so I kind of took some of that crazy has always been a word that like my mom always was like, we're so crazy, like our family and but like always as a positive connotation. Um, And so when I was titling the blog, I was like, well, this is my speech world. And it's a little crazy. So here you are.
0: (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. It is definitely a a positive crazy. I will say that. (laughs) I hope so. Well, let's go ahead and get into our game. So I made a this or that game for you, or I found a this or that game for you. I didn't make it,
1: <laughs> All right. Um,
0: <laughs> but it's like just random stuff. So wanting, wanting to get to know you a little bit better. So the first one is, do you prefer adventure or comfort? Comfort. Really? I would have totally thought adventure. Was crazy <laughs> <each> world. <laughs> I
1: know, but I am still an introverted homebody. I love going places, but then I want to come back home. (laughs) Yeah.
0: What are some things that you like enjoy doing if you have a
1: break or just
0: outside of work?
1: We are big concert goers. So we love traveling to go see bands that we like. That's probably, and I say we again, me and my husband. Um, We like to go see concerts. That's our favorite thing to do. So we'll take a road trip or um, go to the beach. That's the other one. Cool. Yeah. You guys have like the panhandle. All those beaches are so beautiful up there. They are. They're gorgeous. We just got back from Panama city. Oh, you did. Unfortunately it wasn't warm enough to go any, any on the beach or anything.
0: (laughs) So interesting. Like I'm in South Florida and it's probably 85
1: here. It was 80. It was 80 here yesterday.
0: (laughs) Maybe it'll travel down. Sometimes it either comes down or it just, you know, totally bypasses us. We'll see.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You're lucky.
0: Sometimes, sometimes like when I'm really sweating and I can barely peel myself off my leather like seats. I'm not really not. So I, know. Lucky.
1: <laughs> I know. I know.
0: All right. So sandals or sneakers? Sandals. Yeah,
1: for sure. I don't like wearing closed toed anything. <laughs> I know. But every time I don't wear closed
0: toed stuff, I end up stubbing my toe and I'm like,
1: you promised yourself you would not wear these again. Why are you doing that? <laughs> Yeah, I'm a flip-flop girl all day long. <laughs> uh, at work, too? Uh, I wish, but okay, if I could.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am, too. But at work, I'm like, no, no, no. Every time I try. I still wear,
1: I wear sandals at work most of the time when it's warm, for sure. Okay. Um. All
0: right. Movie marathon or color run? Color run.
1: Oh, cool. Have you I'm done it? Big, no, but I'm not a big movie person. Okay, I have a hard time like focusing for two hours on a movie. Yeah, it has to be yeah.
0: really, really good, or I'm like asleep.
1: Yeah, me too. That's me.
0: <laughs> I know my husband. Well, actually, my husband and his family joke like we gauge how good a show or good a movie is if I fall asleep within like the first five minutes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's me. <laughs> that's you too. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not one.
0: Uh, no. <laughs> All right, uh, short vacay or jungle trekking short vacay okay it goes trip. back to the comfort yeah <laughs> all right do you like being like do you like having your alone time or do you always like being with somebody alone time okay yeah I need when, that to recharge <laughs> yeah I think especially like in this field too you kind of come home and you're like hey let me just digress <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah just need yeah. a break yeah for sure all right, roller coaster or Ferris wheel?
1: Roller coaster.
0: Okay, that goes with crazy speech. Room, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, dine in or takeaway? Dine in. I like going out. All right, we'll do two more. Um, cooking okay. or house cleaning?
1: Cooking. You're like who likes
0: house cleaning? <laughs> I don't want a house clean ever.
1: <laughs> we have a we have a house cleaner. <laughs> <not doing> that. <laughs> Marie Kondo
0: likes house cleaning apparently. Yeah, I,
1: I can't. I'm not into
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh last one. Uh take a walk or drive. Walk. Yeah. Yeah. It is a nice time to like kind of clear your head. If it's
1: warm outside, and That's sunny, true, then, yeah. yeah, good yes. point. <laughs> it's cold, like today, I'm not walking anywhere. <laughs> I love it.
0: All right, so if everyone wants to follow along on your crazy speech world journey, where can they find you if they're not already following along?
1: Uh, you can find me at crazyspeechworld.com. And then I, on social media, mostly live on Instagram. So you can follow me at crazyspeechworld.com. Perfect. I love it. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. It was great chatting with you.
0: Did something in this episode really resonate with you? Want to know what other SLPs thought about it too? While you might feel isolated in your work setting, every week you're tuning in with thousands of other SLPs. Crazy, right? You can connect with some of these other SLPs on the private Speechy Side Up pod Facebook group so you don't have to feel like you're doing this alone. We just ask that you leave a positive review before you request to join. This helps to spread the word and get more interviews with experts in our field. Thank you for listening and I hope to see you on Facebook.